on this week's episode of Polk and Kush. Just because the Saints season is over does not mean that Saints news is over. Trade rumors are heating up, and we've also got the Pelicans. And if you can't say anything nice, well, maybe don't have a podcast about the Pelicans. We've got all your favorite segments, and we've got a brand new theme song debuting right now. Welcome everyone to Poke and Kush. It's January 27th, 2021, and football's over, but the pain don't go away. We are here live at the Bud Light Lime studio on tape for you. I am with Andrew Polk. How you doing, sir? I'm good. You said football's over. Football's still happening. Well, everywhere else. (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing all right. Uh, Big shout out to what you just heard, our brand new theme song. How about that? Awesome. It is awesome. Huge thank you to Mike Wiebe. Mike Wiebe's the lead singer of a band called Riverboat Gamblers out of Austin. He's also in a band called Dracula's, and he's got a brand new podcast called International News Service. Check it out. It is on all the podcast networks. He's a good friend, great musician, and uh, thank you so much. That is an awesome song. I've listened to it since you sent it to me yesterday in its final version. I listened to it approximately 500 times. I think we've got it trending. <laughs> like, you remember the old iTunes would tell you, like, your rankings? Oh, yeah. It definitely would have been, like, number one within, like, 24 hours. It was great, man. We've got the number one podcast theme song in New Orleans. No doubt. Try us on that, everyone Unless else. Unless you're a musician. Yeah. Like, maybe Dr. John has a podcast. <laughs> From the grave. I don't know. <laughs> This is is from the grave with Dr. John. Would you expect any less? It's a hunk of grave is what it is. But there is some football stuff going on still. Smatterings of Saints talk. Uh, It's all after the fact. It's all (laughs) nonsense. It's all up in the air. It is uh, the the post-mortem that we typically deal with around here this year, though, uh, certainly carries an outsized consequence, and it's, and you know we'll we'll pull behind the curtain. It's why we're willing to lead the show with it. I think for the next few weeks we'll probably talk Pelicans to lead this show. Uh, but what's going on with the Saints right now and the uncertainty that's facing this team is really uh, unprecedented in the internet era. I mean, like th- there's it's been such an obvious answer of of like okay, you build the team around Drew Brees, and then you take step two, and now. We don't really know. That's a huge question that's sitting out there that we haven't had to think about uh, since Katrina. Yeah, we don't know what step two is. The Internet's not helping us out. (laughs) I've been hacking the planes to see what I'm doing, what the Tennessee kids are doing. I'm hacking the planes. I guess the, uh, you know, the biggest question now is when is Breeze just going to make it official? Yeah. 
Make it official so we at least have some direction. What if he comes back? When he put the Instagram <laughs> picture of him making breakfast in the hibachi grill while Tom Brady is out there like winning the NFC, Dude. I was like, all right, this is just like the I've given up post. You could look through the window in the back of his kitchen and see Tom Brady throwing another pass to his kids. Dude. <laughs> I was like, and you're man. making your own breakfast. You have a billion dollars. Look, I've got this hibachi grill that I'm making <laughs> eggs on. I was like, oh, you're such a basic dad. I was like, this is so hilarious. Was like, oh man, what an accomplishment! <laughs> you put eggs and potatoes on a grill. He made, he made the chef get out of the way. He made the chef take the <laughs> photo. Take and he's like, take it back. I don't want to be near this. What do I work at a Waffle House? Yeah, come on, everybody. Yeah, it's some basic dad stuff going on. Well, you know, I get it, Mr. Breeze. Uh, I'm in with you. I also enjoy cooking eggs for my family. But holy shit, do I uh, not have the ability to play quarterback? And uh, apparently neither do you. Uh, I think even like the most uh, died in the wool state media, New Orleans, like, you know, defend this team to the death. All the he- New Orleans sports media. <laughs> Even they, I think, know that this is over. Yeah. And have buried Breeze uh, pretty significantly over the last few days to the point that, like, it's not even a talking point of whether he comes back. And if he does, what does it mean? Like, I feel like it's almost completely out of the conversation. Yeah, no one is having the conversation of what if he comes back. (laughs) (laughs) That would be a real F you to Saints. Like, seven years, bad losses, and then Breeze is like, you know what? I'm coming back. Let's give it another run. And then, you know, amazing how fast everybody would turn and be like, oh, my God, what a warrior. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be weekend at Bernie's, but with Drew Breeze out there. Brittany, his wife, I don't know why she's revealing the information, saying yeah. that he had a torn uh, rotator cuff or something in his shoulder. It's like a labrum, right? Yeah, and his foot's fucked up. That's the medical definition. That's yeah, what the doctor that's said. right. Exactly what he it had was. A fucked up foot. <laughs> that's what Dr. Sanji Gupta said. <laughs> yeah, so Dr. Nick Riviera is looking after this guy. I, I don't like that narrative of, dude, he was even more hurt than than was let on. It's like, no, it was pretty let on. Yeah, it was. <laughs> was it a good decision for him to play with twice the amount of injuries that we knew he had? That was the part of it where it was like, I think she put this on Instagram. You know, I'm sure there was a conversation with his agent and him. And they're like, oh, it's the best way to put this out there that it doesn't sound like he's complaining about it, but it does sound like, you know, we can kind of cover up the fact that he sucked ass in the, you know, the last game of the season, the last game of his career. He was terrible. And we can just say it's because he had a whole bunch of injuries and talk about the valor and the, you know, how proud we are of him. And it's like, you know what? This makes me actually kind of hate him because if he knew he was this injured, then even on his best day, he could not have performed at the level that was required in order to maximize that team's performance. If, if Sean Payton knew that, And if Breeze knew that and they still insisted on not just uh, playing Breeze, but running the offense like passing all of the time, it's it's a slap in the face to the whole fucking team. Right. Well, it's also if that story came out to show that Breeze is is selfless and sacrificing himself for the team. I read it as the opposite. It seemed quite selfish. A hundred percent. It seemed like the most selfish thing he could have done was played. It's one thing to play through pain. It's another thing to play through an injury that is diminishing your skills. And it's very clear that 
and Jameis Winston in the one pass he threw had at least the ability to win a game uh, and that Breeze very much didn't. Uh, now, if Jared Cook doesn't fumble that ball and the Saints are able to kind of control it for the whole way, maybe they escape, maybe they get to Green Bay. I don't know the answer. But him being that banged up and some of the passes he was throwing and how bad they were, uh, it was very apparent that this was not going to work. And it, I, I do agree with you that I find that to be a selfish move by Breeze. And then to come out with this after it just makes it look like an even more selfish move, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm sure all that social media stuff is incredibly coordinated. Oh, you know, yeah. Breeze's managers looked it over. The Breeze's themselves probably never even saw it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, she doesn't even have a password yeah, this, or her own account. The 17-year-old yeah. that tweets for them posted that, and they're like, this will calm everybody <laughs> down. Now, I, I haven't paid any attention to Saints Twitter or Saints anything yeah. since the game, so I don't know what the general reaction of yeah, that is. Yeah, neither do I. It seems to be, you know, brave hero, torn in half, played on. Yeah, and that's, I guess, because of the equity built up over 15 years of being really good. But there's uh, he, was, he was very bad. He took a very good team and made them worse. Yeah, and this is a play-to-win-now team. And that doesn't stop at Drew Brees. So, yeah, not a fan of it. No, and I, I found it to be uh, a little disconcerting. Uh, I don't know how the team reacts to hearing stuff like that. Like, do you think Demario Davis knew that Drew Brees is playing with all those injuries? Like, do you think Cam Jordan knew? Like, uh, certainly Michael Thomas was making comments during the NFC, during the NFC championship game that was like, oh, yeah, maybe if I had a quarterback that you know, wasn't awful and could actually throw a dart, like then I would have caught a pass in the playoff game also. But uh, there's clearly it's time to move forward. Uh, I think we can all put the breeze air to rest in time. This sort of thing will be forgotten. We will only remember. Uh, the good stuff with Breeze and the debilitating playoff losses and not the playing through injuries that we not are worried about. Not the Jimmy Johns. Not yeah, the, it's not the walk-ons. Nike Will Keg. Yeah, not the, the Advocare Pyramid Scheme. The very comfortable Wranglers. The Hibachi Grills. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so where this team goes from here then becomes the biggest topic is, of course, what they do at quarterback. And this is a rare year where it looks like you have franchise-level quarterbacks who are actually going to be available. Deshaun Watson seems very upset with the Houston Texans. That is an MVP-level quarterback. Aaron Rodgers seems, when he was like, what's your future in Green Bay? He basically said, oh, uh, they drafted a quarterback in the first round, so he might be available. And then Matt Stafford, who is obviously a, a level below those guys, but as a 5,000-yard type guy, Matt Stafford is getting traded out of Detroit. So you have available quarterbacks to go get right now, and this team would not drop off at all under that circumstance. No, and I think in some cases, certainly with uh, Deshaun Watson, they're going to gain a level. You know, yeah. Having a young quarterback like that that's probably more of a locker room guy with, with this very young team, you're, you're going to see uh, better chemistry, I think, than you will with Drew Brees, at least this season mm -hmm. in the team. And somebody like Matt Stafford, you're not going to be worried about his arm falling off, throwing the long ball. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, you know, come on down and do the same thing you did up there. <laughs> yeah, we'll take it. Always, you know, just a step short, except for one year. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Come on down, dude. Yeah, he's got a lot of the Brees in him that, you know, he get, now I don't We'll really... get him for the State Farm price. Yeah, exactly. He's, got, he's already got the endorsement. Uh 
it's hard to say exactly what the Saints can do. Like we're we're not the podcast to break down 500 trade scenarios and say, all right, well if they trade X, Y, and Z and 14 years of draft picks and here's the cap. Like I'm not going to get into all those scenarios, but I know this is it's very rare to have quarterbacks available when you're trying to change over from a franchise quarterback. It is really the Colts had to do it whatever uh, the other year. And they had to play Jacoby Brissett. And then they went and signed Phil Rivers. Like, it is not easy to go sign somebody who is a still, at least in some part of their prime, and is an all-pro-level quarterback. So the Saints do have great options uh, compared to most teams in their situation. Yeah, and uh, there's even a fourth name to throw in there. Sam Darnold, you know, he's, what, 22, 23 sure. years old. He's, you know, he could be an option, too. And the Saints have collateral. They can trade Lonzo Ball. <laughs> We can trade JJ. Well, wait, we skipped a segment. <laughs> I'm just dreaming. I wish the Saints would trade Lonzo to a team. Lonzo couldn't possibly be worse. That's a I mean, he's faster than Jared Cook. He's yeah. got big hands. I say let's switch teams, dude. Drafting uh, uh, a quarterback would seem to make sense, but where they're at in the draft, being the whatever late 20s or mid 20s, I don't think you're going to get anybody who's going to be a game changer. History shows that's not really where you're probably going to get somebody who's great. Um, so doing it in free agency via trade, whatever it might be, that's probably the way to go. And then once you get a quarterback, you can kind of figure out the rest of the offseason. Like, they're way over the cap, but if you go get a great quarterback, and certainly depending on the age, you can kind of then start to put the pieces together of, all right, do we – try to mortgage everything for one more. If you get Aaron Rodgers, you can try to push everything back in for one more year. If you get to Sean Watson, maybe it's a longer build. If you get Sam Darnold, maybe you go like, ah, fuck it. We'll go on yeah, 16 we'll next year. You know, we'll try to go. You know? <laughs> like there's just a lot of different avenues depending on the quarterback. And it all starts there. Yeah. I don't know if the saints would uh, want to play the drafting a quarterback game with Joe Lombardi going and there being some questionable, you know, vacancy in in the quarterback coaching position. Yeah. Whereas, you know, you have somebody like Deshaun Watson come in. You you don't you don't have to do anything really. No. no. And and so the the Saints staff has been broken up a little bit. Looks like they lost uh, an offensive coach to the Chargers, right? Yeah. Uh, and then they lost Lombardi, like you said. And I think there's been talk of of some other guys maybe going. I know Ryan Nielsen, defensive coach, was supposed to go to LSU. They've retained him. I don't even understand how that worked. They basically said, like, his contract, like, Sean Payton blocked him from going to LSU. Like, how does that even happen? You're a coach. How is that even, like, you were going to move up, make more money, and they blocked you? I don't even get how that yeah, works. I don't know. I'd be pissed, too. I think that's what's been happening to me in my career. People have just been <laughs> the owner calls blocking me. The owner of the place was like, no, yeah, can't, can't talk to Polk. He can't work at this TCBY. <laughs> He's the best toppings man we got. <laughs> We're not giving him up for nothing. I did like uh, Dan Campbell. He went to Detroit and went into an absurd speech about oh, yeah. biting people's faces off. And Man Campbell literally has gotten two NFL head coaching jobs exclusively because of his chin and his cadence. That's all he had to do. He's never proven it. Who watched the Saints this year and said, who's coaching the tight ends of that team? Man. That's who I need. And they're like, oh, well, look at his chin. <laughs> Listen to his cadence. The school he's, of Troutman? Yeah. It's like, this is incredible. <laughs> this guy coached Jared Cook the whole season. He's a big winner. So 
We got to get this guy on board. We're the Lions, so we always make great decisions with our personnel. Uh, I mean, Man Campbell out there talking about biting kneecaps. Like, what is going on? Like, he did the same shit in Miami. He's just like a weird guy who I think football owners just like love the testosterone that's coming off and they're just like oh my god our players are going to respond to this and meanwhile the players are like who is this jackass who's like the drill sergeant standing in front of us well miami and detroit have one thing in common and that is bath salts and this man was speaking like someone who had broken into the gas station He did. He sounded like the guy in the corner of the VFW hall talking about Grandpa? Yeah, talking about what does it take to win football games, Granddad? And he's like, "Well, first you gotta get down, and you bite their kneecaps." It's like, what? 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 Yeah, are you the dad from Dirty Work? What are you talking yeah, it's about? Like this major dude? pain. Yeah, you gotta throw dirt in their eyes, and oh. I was like, "No, you should uh, just score more points." Yeah, that score would more points too. than the other team. That's yeah. what I always say. That would work. Uh, I, I don't know what to make of of the staff turnover. I feel like they've Peyton's been in New Orleans so long. He's always kind of found a way to make it work. I think they kept the most important piece, which is Peyton, and then they kept Jeff Ireland, who I think that was huge not losing him, considering how good of a draft he had a couple years ago. Uh, Overall, this team is kind of in flux, and we won't know a whole lot about them until we get to the point that a quarterback is kind of decided on. Uh, and at that stage, I think you can really learn a lot about the Saints and learn a lot about what the next, not just next year is going to look like, but what the next decade is going to look like for this team. Because we've never seen this level of just like shrug. Oh, like they could be the best team. They could win the Super Bowl next year. They could go 1-15. I have absolutely no idea which one is going to happen. Yeah, we have no stage. idea how to respond to this, and I don't know if anybody else in New Orleans does. Yeah, no. Well, we're the only podcast, right? I think so. We're, I think we're the only podcast talking about the Saints. Someone told me that. Is that right? This uh, It's us and the Tracy's podcast <laughs> that they're doing illegally. You have to knock three times to get in there, and then they'll the, put the, you on. The Monkey Hill podcast, every uh, bar that has gotten shut down also has a podcast. Yeah. So uh, we will keep talking about the Saints throughout the offseason. Uh, they are obviously a huge topic. Uh, for now, we will be moving on. We will be discussing the Pelicans. Of course, we've got Polk News. we got Overrated, Underrated, so much more. So stick around, and we will be right back on Polk and Kush. S-E-N, Jansen, Patagna, he's gonna sell you a house or help you buy one. Was that good? I think it was pretty good. Jansen, Patagna, everybody. This show is always sponsored by J-A-N-S-E-N. That is Jansen at FQR.com. He is New Orleans' greatest realtor because he is the greatest sponsor on this program right now. And uh, Jansen has been selling houses all over the place. I mean, shoot, you go on Instagram every single day. It seems like Jansen's got something cooking. Yeah. All uh, these houses are beautiful. They're in great locations. And he's selling them to you. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it, it is from Araby all the way to Mandeville. I mean, uh, everywhere in between. It's incredible. Uh, a milestone, a friend of the show, has uh, just closed on a house uh, just a couple hours ago from when we're doing this. Whoa. So congratulations. And it was Trent Reznor. Yes, it was. It was, it was, 
it was Dr. John. Um, and uh, congratulations uh, to Jansen and to everybody involved. Congratulations uh, to us. Yeah. We're, we're friend of the show. That means you heard about Jansen from us. And exactly. you go, hey, I've been living in a car for six <laughs> months. I should upgrade to one of these houses I keep hearing about. Hey, who has who has the best houses in New Orleans? Jansen. It's got them all. He can get you in wherever. Uh, whether you're ready to buy right now or you just want to test the market, see what's going on. If you're ready to sell or you're not ready to sell, just give Jansen an email, a call. Look him up on Instagram. You're going to learn a lot. You're going to understand the market better. And uh, you'll probably be better looking by the time you finish talking to him. You'll I mean, at least have it, more confidence. If it rubs off of Jansen, you'd have to be. <laughs> Where do you want to live in New Orleans? Do you want to live above Miss May's? Do you want to live in Anne Rice's mansion? Do you want to live in Nicolas Cage's pyramid tomb? Jansen has all these places for sale right now. The real world house number one. Oh, yeah. The real world house number two. <laughs> Any of them are available. You can get a wall signed by Theo Vaughn. He can make it happen. <laughs> yes, he can go the upstairs of F&M's. It's all doable. <laughs> Jansen can find a way or make a way. Uh, anyway, give him a call. Uh, look him up. Jansen, J-A-N-S-E-N at FQR.com. And that is a sponsor. Yeah, and if uh, you need any of that contact or the website, it's always in the show description. So just click on that. There's hyperlinks, there's websites, all that good stuff. Now let's move on to something so much better than buying a house. This is brutal. This is a brutal segue for Jansen. <laughs> I feel like he's going to be mad at us. <laughs> you might be having the home of your dreams. But when you get in that home and you, <laughs> you turn, turn on, on Fox Sports, not available on streaming, by the way. No, no. You once you've stolen your parents cable password <laughs> and you're inside your dream house and you're like, you know, what would be great to have a beer and watch sit in this beanbag chair, <laughs> watch our basketball team, the city's basketball team play for two and a half hours. And then mm. the world just becomes your nightmare because this Pelicans team is absolutely goddamn miserable to Dude, watch. Dude, I've, I've, I've mentioned the show rundown document before. Today's Pelican segment literally just said, this team sucks, period. It was not bolded. It was not a huge font. It was just plain as day. This team sucks. And that's what we're changing the name of the podcast to. <laughs> this, team sucks. this team sucks with Andrew Polk and Scott Kushner. <laughs> That's the new shit. Now yeah. we got to print new shirts. New shirts. Your team suck. Um, yeah, there's really not like we'll get into the, the the blow by blow here. But the overarching message is uh, we had pretty low expectations of this team. I think our expectations were fair. We both said, you know, the nine ten seed, a 500 ish team, probably a couple games below that. Be competitive. Play hard. Uh, be better defensively, and instead, it's like, oh, uh, you're the worst team in the NBA. It is just brutal to watch. and Awful. There are a lot of fun, awful teams to watch. This team is just a, a, an unending bog. It's like uh, in the never-ending story, and I'm the horse <laughs> that's stuck in the creek watching this shit. And, you know, you, you're beloved. On Pelicans Twitter, oh, right? Yes. yes, always. They, they love all those eight-year-olds with like a Goku picture calling you an asshole. <laughs> big, big, big fans, uh, big fans of uh, of you know, the homosexual slurs against me. 
<laughs> Bald asshole. I get that one a lot. So. Well, you brought that one on well, yourself. That's a valid point. But uh, just this team, people are saying like, oh, you know, they're very young. It's only this many games into the season. Look, being a Pelicans fan is being in an abusive relationship. And when you start a new relationship and you start seeing up, <laughs> oh, she got mad at me because I didn't check the mail. Yeah. Oh, she just slammed the door because I didn't take the garbage out. I think this bitch is going to be exactly like the last one. <laughs> I think I'm feeling a little scared. It might be me. It's it not, might not be that. It's not that you're not hopeful. It's that you have fucking experience. Yeah. And we have experience with horrible basketball. And this yeah. is soul-crushing basketball. This is not fun. This is not Jackson Hayes Summer League basketball. No. This is not Nikhil scoring 40 points against the fucking Wizards or whoever it was. <laughs> This is this is in a clockwork orange when they taped the guy's <laughs> eyes open and put in drops and made him watch it. This is what they're showing in Abu Ghraib. <laughs> the human pyramids <laughs> that you don't see is the Pelicans game playing in front of them. If you go to Guantanamo Bay, they make you watch a Pelicans game. <laughs> that's the first thing they do. The, this get, is... the Gitmo Pels, that's uh, what I've always heard. <laughs> I mean, am I saying anything that's even uh, an inch away from the truth? Uh, I mean, it's an inch, but it's not much further than that. They suck. And it's not just that they suck, like you said. Like, the problem is that you manage to have a team with Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram, two guys who are stars and are under 23 years old, and you've made it impossible to watch. It's, how, I don't how even can know. You do that? I don't even know how it's possible. Like, there's no rhythm offensively whatsoever. There's no sh there's never been any shooting. We knew that. But we thought there'd be like, you know, a system in place to, uh, you know, basically get Zion and Ingram great shots and be able to kind of work around them. Instead, the ball sticks constantly. There's no flow to what they're trying to do. They're never in transition. And now they're defense in the last few games. So the Pelicans have lost eight of nine and seven of those are defense has been absolutely abysmal. They lost and for a while. You could kind of always explain. It's like, okay, the Pacers game that is gagged at the end, uh, the Hornets game, they gave a whole bunch of threes. The Clippers and Lakers, the Clippers and Lakers are really good. Utah is on the road, and it's tough. They're a good team. Uh, losing to Minnesota, who is the, who, the worst team in the West, like not even a question, the worst team in the West. And not only had they played the night before, they also were playing without their two best players, and then they worked your ass <laughs> into the ground. They outworked, they beat the piss out of you and they embarrassed you and that is a joke all you had to do was show up and they played the last four minutes somewhat hard and if they had just done that for another i don't know they not even the whole game 20 minutes they had tried to play hard they win but instead they can't even stomach that kind of effort and now you've just got a team that is lost they are completely lost and i don't know where they go from there now I don't I don't have the numbers in front of me, but losing eight out of nine would be considered a bad, right? <laughs> it's Abu Ghraib <laughs> <laughs> on the road to Abu Ghraib. Dude, this team they were playing out there against like guys getting the buggies at Lowe's. <laughs> I'd never heard Minnesota sucks ass with their two best players yeah. with Cat and D Lo. Yeah. 
Yeah. It, it is beyond any... They had played the night before and lost by 20-something to Atlanta. That's, like, mathematically very slim. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it just doesn't even make sense. I mean, it does make sense. It just says this team is very bad. And then, you know, Van Gundy's on there after every game going, like, I don't know. Like, we're just not playing very hard. I don't know what else to say. He's like, and then... We asked him, like, okay, so this team is committing, you know, a thousand turnovers a game. Uh, you said you were going to plan to hold guys accountable for when they did that. Like, what are you going to do? And he's like, well, Brandon Ingram had seven turnovers. I'm not going to bench him. <laughs> it, was like, <laughs> it was like, well, at least you're not lying. You yeah. know, like, this is where you're at, man. Like, you have, there's no options. There's no getting out of this with this roster. The only question is going to be when they start to blow this thing up and go in the direction because all they really have to do to save at least the Twitter booger eaters. Okay. To save that faction of just like mouth breathing doofuses who just our, our fan base, our fan base <laughs> who just so badly want to believe in what this team is doing. All they really need to do is trade a couple guys, yeah. play Nikhil, play Jackson Hayes, play Kyra Lewis, and then you can start blaming losses on youth rather than blaming losses on sucking ass. Yeah, sucking ass seasoned professionals. <laughs> yeah, There's just no reason to have J.J. on the team anymore. No. There's no reason to have Lonzo or Eric Bledsoe on the team anymore. No. I think everybody, obviously, Ingram, Zion, and I'm throwing Josh Hart in there, should be... They they should be the untradeables. Yeah, I, I would say it's Ingram and Zion and then everybody else's. And, you know, I put that up today and, and a bunch of people reacted like, oh, no, you got to keep Nikhil and Kyra and whatever. I was like, no, you don't. I was like, those guys, nobody has proven anything uh, that they can be a long term piece next to Zion. If you can go get somebody who's proven and you have to give up a couple of those prospects, I'm fine with it. Like you need to do something to where this isn't a five-year rebuild, and by the time that you've actually gotten decent, Zion's leaving. Yeah. Like, that. that is should be in their heads. There is a clock that's ticking every day. You cannot have seasons like this. Like, Zion should not be on the worst team in the NBA. Uh, Brandon Ingram should not be on the worst team in the NBA. Like, at some point, you're going to lose these guys if you continue to do this crap. So it's one thing to go young, and maybe for one season, and a weird COVID year, all this stuff... Maybe they can deal with it uh, and learn to get better in the process. But right now what they're doing was trying to thread that needle of like, we want to still be competitive. We're going to keep vets like Bledsoe and Rettick and like and Steven Adams and kind of like build that culture. That culture sucks. That culture is a church's chicken. That cu the culture is terrible. Like nobody wants to go there. It's 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 shit. And you are the bottom brand uh, that exists in the NBA right now. There cannot be a team that has less equity amongst its fans uh, and, and really less panache around the league than this team. They have backed into getting an all-star player in Brandon Ingram, and they really lucked into getting a player in Zion Williamson by winning the lottery, and you've done nothing with it. And so the, the, the pressure is going to start ratcheting up, and if you can't tell by my tone of voice, I, I, I feel for people who are invested in this product because it, it is very hard to watch. Yeah, and uh, aside from being a small market team and lucking into a lot of different uh, all-stars and you know potential all-league players, this team has a history, if anybody remembers, of having great talent yeah. get fed up and leave. You can't really say that like Charlotte hasn't really had that situation happen. Washington hasn't really had that situation happen. 
New Orleans has twice. Three. And it's going to happen three, four, five times. It's going to keep happening. Yeah. You've got at least twice. Uh, you know, if you want to throw Baron Davis in there and very early on, he wasn't the level of Chris Paul or Anthony Davis. But, yeah, they, they've seen their best player demand trades often. Now, is anybody who is here responsible for what happened with Chris Paul? <clears throat> no. And pretty much nobody left was responsible for Anthony Davis. But for whatever reason, the the as the faces change, the names change, the players change, everything changes, and this team continues to be stuck in the mud. And it's really, it's almost just baffling how they cannot get out of their own way. And I don't, I, I think it will help to shed some of the veteran guys, go young for at least the rest of this year, see what you have, and then you've got to go make a splash soon and try to go get good immediately and i'm not saying you have to be great but you got to be a lot better than this this is a joke you can't go hire stan van gundy a coach who's like a proven ready to win drill sergeant kind of coach and you are worse on defense than you were last year yeah the only thing people are expecting from this team is to show up and not get punked mm -hmm. and what are they doing they're not showing up and they're getting punked that's what they spent the entire media day it was just like isn't that a hashtag for the pelican yeah it was like <laughs> yeah won't bow down i was like no they literally bow down to Very everyone bowing down yes they're they almost don't get off the ground they've been bowing for so long uh it's it is difficult to understand how when david griffin speaks very openly before the season we are getting a team of competitors, elite competitors, ferocious competitors. He said it about everybody from not just Ingram and Zion and Lonzo and JJ, uh, Hart, obviously. And then he, all the way down to like Wenyan Gabriel, who has not played yet. And Willie Hernan Gomez, who never gets off the bench. He was saying all these guys are like ferocious competitors. And yet when they are on the court, you don't see a shred of that. No, a shred of it. They just get blown out. They take it. And then they go play terrible teams, and they lose to them for no reason other than hustle. It's a joke. It it is. It's it's it. Honest to God, it's I, I am watching it from like I have to watch it as a reporter, and it's very difficult to watch. Who's watching it for joy at this point? No Are you you're watching it because you're gambling on it? <laughs> no. You're watching it because you have to write about it. Yeah. No one is sitting in their velvet recliner putting this thing on, putting their feet up. It is something you put on while you're, you know, paying bills. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Some it's, other stressful activity. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, no, I, I honest to God would love to know if Gail Benson's even watching the games. No, not at all. They're past your bedtime. I mean, this, the nine o'clock tips or whatever. It's like, oh, God. Dude, the, I do like the nine o'clock games for Twitter because everybody's a little loose. It's <laughs> <laughs> a loose cannon. I know. At one point I had to admit after, I can't remember, one of the Utah games was like, I've just been a giant douchebag on Twitter this entire game. I'm so tired and I have to wake up in five hours. And it was true. Was that your most popular tweet ever? Yeah. 10,000? <laughs> like, I'm a douchebag. <laughs> the president retweets yeah. it. <laughs> like, uh, yes, I am a douchebag. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, so, you know, today came out. Uh, There's a possibility of Kelly Oubre, New Orleans native Kelly Oubre. Uh, potentially, there's been talks about him coming over. Uh, maybe in exchange for Ball and Redick. I honestly think uh, at this point, any shakeup of this team is probably going to be considered a good thing. Uh, I think not only will you, can you get in like a young, talented player like Oubre, uh, you can also just open up minutes for Kyra, Nikhil, and Jackson and let them play and, and have a better idea of who they are and what they are. Yeah, and what would it be hurting? Mm -hmm. the, the, the team is not going to get worse. No. You know, I mean, it, 
it it's I don't want to just talk about how this team sucks ass <laughs> for 25 minutes, but like sincerely, the team is not going to get worse no. no matter what trades they make. No. The the team this is a team that's fully healthy. That's by the that's way. the difference. So everyone was like I've had several people say like they lost 13 games in a row last year and then they they played really well in February until the bubble. I was like, yeah, that team didn't have Zion. Yeah, and they didn't. They also didn't have Derek. Say what you will about. It, they also did not have Derek Favors for yeah. I think eleven of those. games. Most of them. Yeah, they were very banged up the entire first three months of the season last year, and then they got healthy and they played well. This team is completely healthy. They've had like two guys miss games that matter. You know, I think Lonzo Ball missed two or three games. They actually played better in those games that Lonzo Ball wasn't there. That was the Nikhil Goff game, exactly. thirty-seven points or whatever. Yeah. And they still lost by ten, but you know, whatever. Uh, That's what I like about the Pelicans memes I'm seeing on Instagram, <laughs> where it's like a picture of Thanos, and it's like what the other teams see after playing Stephen Adams and Zion for third. It's like yeah, but they still won by seventeen. <laughs> They might have to put some icy hot on after the game, and they still won by 24 points. <laughs> it was, they didn't have to play the last four minutes, so that helped. <laughs> uh, so that that's the big difference is that, like, you've seen teams turn around. I mean, they obviously have an ability to do it. I've seen no physical evidence that it is possible uh, with this group, but it is different than them last year when they started so badly and turned it around. I think you have to start shaking up the roster. Yeah. Send these boys out of there. Yeah, so they're not going to be sad about it. No, God, I think you know <laughs> JJ Redick is probably on a month-to-month lease at this point. Anyway, uh, I think he's got to be ready to get the hell out. And and honestly, like send Eric Bledsoe to a team that he can be the seventh best guy and help them. Send Lonzo Ball somewhere where he doesn't have to stand and be a shooting guard. Like go go put these guys in situations where they'll be happier. And you'll probably end up with a happier team. And it just doesn't make the way this was built was very hasty and uh, done via, you know, a lot of it was the holiday trade and obviously the AD trade. I think it's time to look at it from an objective standpoint, if you're David Griffin and time to move on. So you heard it here first. Blow it up, pals. Yeah, we're going to be right back with some Polk news and all your favorite segments. Stick around. It's time for the most informative part of your week and every Polk and Kush. That's right, Polk News! Polk News! Polk News! Well, I tell you what, a local boy done good. Yeah? Daniel Poirier. Is that how it's pronounced? I don't know. He's a Cajun. Close enough. Daniel Poirier. Daniel Poirier. Well, he knocked out an Irishman. He knocked out Conor McGregor in a second round knockout. Did you watch it? UFC 257? No, I was asleep before that even started. It was at like midnight. I'm watching it through like RussianHacks.net <laughs> slash ISIS. I'm on all these lists because I'm... I'm not going to pay $60 to see these goons pound each other. Is that how much it is? It was $60 Damn. plus the ESPN Plus subscription. Yeah. Well, I can give you my password for that. I mean, uh, yeah, no. Uh, 
Well, you see, they 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 uh, confound the public. They're like only on ESPN Plus. ESPN Plus only gives you the ability to buy it. That's so like, so fuck crazy. you. Uh, but it was interesting. Uh, Daniel looked, you know, like a young me out there. <laughs> we share a lot in common. I don't He's know. from Louisiana. <laughs> I don't have a lot to say about UFC. He punched him good, and then he fell down. It is amazing the way these guys, like the Joe Rogans of the world, whatever, can like break down a fight. I'm like, they're just trying to murder each other <laughs> with their bare hands. Like, I just don't see the tactical beauty of it that all these guys see. I'm like, this is just... There's one guy's trying to rip the other guy's earlobe off. Like, this isn't the... the I, what are they doing? The tactical stuff I could see was, like, you know, you tackle him at the beginning. You take him to the ground. Yeah. They don't call it tackling. You take yeah. him to the ground. You wear him out. And then they kept saying, like, dead leg because he was kicking him in the leg and then yeah. his leg wouldn't work. Yeah, I mean... I guess it's not that tactical. It's yeah, literally just saying say. what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. They punch him in the arm a bunch. You know, his arm doesn't work. Yeah, what like, a genius. It's like commentating <laughs> pornography. Uh. It's like it's a pretty straightforward thing what's occurring here. I just, yeah, I've never quite got, UFC has never been, I liked that guy Rampage, who was that enormous man. Rampage Jackson. Yeah, he was incredible, because he, I honestly thought there were times where he was going to break people in half, and he was just such a maniac uh, that I really liked him. Since him, I really haven't gotten into, like, anybody in particular, and I just don't. I find it all to be like a little bit barbaric, and I know that's kind of like a snobby to say. I've just never like enjoyed it, and I feel like they spend half the time just like, like you said, just like wrestling on the ground. I'm like, this is, I don't know, I'm not getting anything. I'm not enjoying watching this. And well, are you who, nude while you're watching it? Because you're supposed to be. <laughs> the, guy who, the guy who loses, I genuinely always am like worried for their health. Well, there's a really good uh, I, a Rampage Jackson story. He once committed a crime, I forgot what it was, and tried to flee the scene. And on the side of the monster truck he drives is an airbrushed image of his face and name. <laughs> so I was like, I think that's I think it's Rampage Jackson in Brave Digger leaving the scene. <laughs> It's a little harder to get away, but it's worse than the uh, the license plate that says yeah, it's ass like if, man. Or yeah, whatever. it's like if Morris Bart, you know, was in a drive-by. You're like, I recognize that car from the Chapatulis Walmart. Uh, yeah, so I did not watch it, but hey, good for uh, good for that guy knocking out McGregor. I imagine that was like considered a pretty big upset, right? Uh, they said it was an upset, but now Conor McGregor is nice. So it's like, he's definitely going to get knocked out. Like when you go from being the top asshole, like doing that walk in and you're wearing like solid gold lame pants and all that shit. And now you're like shaking his hand and you're like, hope you enjoy my whiskey that sponsors everything. It's like that motherfucker is getting knocked out. Yeah. Uh, how long till he fights Jake Paul? Jeez. Soon, right? Well, Jake Paul's been calling him out. He's been calling his wife a six. Oh God. Well, come on. That's the insult. Yeah. Your, your wife is a six. It's like this guy can have sex with legitimately anybody he wants in the world. Like, Jake Paul is fighting an MMA fighter uh, in in April. I forgot who it was, uh, but he's 39 and they're boxing. Oh, how lame. God, I, why did I even ask about Jake Paul? I don't even know what Jake Paul does. Yeah, he's, he's like guys who makes YouTube videos, right? Something. Like I've never that. seen any of them. Ask your kids. They'll know. <laughs> uh, the Super Bowl is happening. Uh, it's not going to be huh. like the Rams Patriots Super Bowl. People are going to watch it in New Orleans. Sure. We're not boycotting, right? I'm going to watch it. Yeah. We have to make sure Breeze doesn't. I mean, Bra- fuck. <laughs> <laughs> 
is there a difference? Well, there's one. Yeah, <laughs> there's one big difference. Tom Brady looks younger than he did when he was 22. Yeah, he does. It's bananas. He's he's obviously on something. I don't know what it is, but it's not like you don't just look like you're 20 years old by not eating eggplant. Like I don't understand how this guy was? is doing. It's just like impossible. Everyone would be doing it. Well, you haven't unlocked the higher tiers of Scientology, That's so valid. you don't really know about the truth of Xena. My thetans are way out of whack. <laughs> <laughs> I believe when Tom Brady was in his first Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes was in kindergarten. Yeah, th- I think they said that uh, Brady's 43 and Mahomes' dad is 50. <laughs> Jesus. I hope they fist fight after the Super Bowl. Uh I think it'll be. Are you going to watch who you cheer for? Yeah, I didn't watch much of uh, of Sunday, but that was mostly just because the times the game was on. I didn't see hardly any of the Bills game, but I did watch second half of the Bucks game. That was a a really good game. Yeah, it was a good game. It was also fun watching that. Going, man, the Saints would be down by (laughs) thirty-two. No, that's what my dad kept saying. Like, oh my God, we we killed Tampa. I was like, yeah. that was when Breeze was alive. Like, that was a very different game. Uh, you know, like the, and that was like the Saints played perfect that night. So, yeah, theoretically, I guess it made you think the Saints could go to the Super Bowl. I did not get that feeling watching that game. No, uh, I, I didn't think that at all. Yeah, but I did think I was annoyed again with another coach, another coach not going for it on fourth down and thinking that his defense was going to get a three and out, and then that was how you're going to win. It's like that never Never happens that way. Yeah, that was absurd and cowardly, Matt. It was just it was it was just like you are so much more likely to score from the eight yard line than you are to get a three and out, get the ball back and drive all the way back to the field and then score like that was the calculus that you were doing. That is when, as the kids would say, Tom Brady is living rent free in your head. Yeah, like that's exactly what it is. You were kowtowing to the legend of Tom Brady and it fucked you over. Yeah. Yeah, and they, next year, Aaron Rodgers will be right here in New Orleans. That's right. He's going to be in the Bud Light Live studio doing promotional reads for State Farm. I think he might. Yeah. Anything else? Uh, Budweiser is not going to be advertising during the Super Bowl. Political reason? or They are. Well, it's, it's really an advertisement in and of itself. They are taking the money from the Budweiser ads, and they're going to advertise about coronavirus vaccine information. So it's going to be the what's up, guys, telling <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the frogs, the Bud Bowl is just going to be <laughs> syringes playing against each other. Ma, dern, nah. Yeah, it's going to be the fucking <laughs> the vaccine frogs. <laughs> what if they have the vaccine bowl and it's Pfizer versus Moderna <laughs> and Bud Ice? And Bud also, Ice, yeah. yes. Uh, it's very. It's going to be very, very important that they don't pull their fake sponsorship of this show, though. <laughs> Well, it's also a huge lie because they're still advertising the other 900 beers that they have, like Michelob Ultra. I'm also sure they'll be all over like the pregame show and the postgame show and whatever. Like This is literally just getting headlines yeah. for this. Specific. And when Tampa Bay wins, I'm sure Gronk is going to have a Budweiser funnel going yes. directly into his ass. And one of those Bud, Bud Light uh, cowboy hats. You the know? foam dome. Yeah. Oh, big, yeah. Big on that. But uh, that's about it for Polk News, because nobody wants to talk about the Super Bowl that much. No. Nothing else happened this it's week. It's not this weekend, is it? No, it's the next one. Oh, yeah, the bye week. The always exciting, <laughs> grueling bye week. Uh, there's no Pro Bowl this year either, so I don't know what we're going to do on Sunday. Do we have to watch the Pelicans? Jesus, I hope not. <laughs> I'm going to go to church. <laughs> uh, maybe the Vols will have a coach by then. Who knows? 
Uh, we've all been tracking the planes. Tennessee has an untrackable plane. They changed like the numbers or whatever, so you can't possibly track it. They just put tape over the numbers. And sure enough, these maniacs on uh, Vol Twitter have found a way to track the plane. And uh, so I think. They'll probably hire someone in the next couple. Yeah, of I saw that the plane went to Florida. Yeah, and they were con- they were saying, "Oh, that might be the guy from UCF that they hired." Yeah, but then it went to Charlotte. Who yeah. could that be? I don't know. I the guy from Coastal Carolina. I don't think they've even talked to him. But yeah, I think it's going to be the guy from UCF, and that's going to piss people off because the AD is from UCF also. So I don't know. Whatever. It doesn't matter. It'll just end up with me on Saturday at 3 o'clock going, oh, good God, I can't believe this is happening again. Which is different from Monday at 3 o'clock, yeah. <laughs> Tuesday at 3 o'clock, Wednesday. Yeah, I'm not doing that voluntarily. <laughs> uh, all right, so that takes us into your favorite part of every single week, ladies and gentlemen, segments. Overrated. Overrated. Underrated. Underrated. You want to kick us off there, Kush? Yeah, we'll go with a little overrated. Sticking to sports a little bit here. The playoffs are overrated. And not just in one sport, just in general. I feel like everything now is just about the playoffs, and it almost makes me feel stupid for caring about anything else because you're like, I spent 16 weeks watching the Saints, and all it took was one game in the playoffs. The Packers are the best team in the NFC the whole time. They just lose the playoff game, and it's over. The playoffs suck in college football. College football was way better before that. The best sports schedule calendar is uh, European soccer. Like, the Premier League is, like, a balanced schedule. There's 20 teams. The games all matter. If you're in the bottom three, you get relegated. So there's a lot of consequences to losing. If you, you know, and then there's no playoffs. And then there's also little tournaments sprinkled in. So there's lots of things to try to win. The American sports is literally just like we play the regular season just to make money. And then you have the playoffs to determine everything else that matters. And it just feels like at some point I was like, how long am I going to get stuck in this ruse to thinking that the regular season makes any difference? If you go undefeated in the regular season, it doesn't even matter. It's just like a, it, it all feels uh, like it's just this setup to sell tickets and TV contracts. Like, just play the fucking playoffs. Have everybody in there. Well, how would it work if the team goes undefeated and, yeah, they go to the playoffs and they can still get bounced in one game? Yeah. What do you propose? They get the one loss? No, I'm just saying. <laughs> like, like an invincibility round? So in England, there is no playoffs, but there is a separate tournament that takes place. And so there's a champion of the season and a champion of the tournament. They're two different things. Do they play each other at the end of... I think there is like a thing at the start of the next season where they play each other. But I'm just saying like we have this all set up to where like baseball, you play 162 regular season games and the Dodgers are the best team like five of those years. And it like nobody cares, you know, right. like it just doesn't like it just doesn't matter. Like what if you played 162? The, the 162 games didn't determine who the best team was. Like we're pretty sure that that wasn't the determining factor. No, it's the little five game series. It's uh, we're just not focused on getting the best teams to win the championships. <laughs> That's what bothers you me. You want to get to it. I just want. Let's just make them separate things. They are separate things. Yeah. Regular season championship. Then a tournament and have all the teams in the tournament. So there's a tournament championship 
And, and I think the NBA is like the perfect place to do it. Weren't they toying around with the idea of some sort of midseason tournament this they year? They were, yeah. And so my thought would be like, instead of having a midseason tournament, you play the whole season, and that determines whoever's the best record in that wins the championship. And then you have another tournament with all 30 teams, and that's a different championship. Now, it would take a while to get people to give a shit about the first championship, <laughs> but we could try. And I just like, I think that like you determine the best team and then you could play like a March Madness style and do like really fun stuff. that's not like these grinded out seven game series. You yeah. Know? If you do the like the the tournament of everyone, that could be like a one and done. Yeah. Bracket. Like yeah. March Madness, because I think March Madness is probably the best example in American sports of playoffs. Maybe not mattering, but at least being very entertaining and seeming somewhat level. It's the ultimate sport. College basketball is the ultimate sport of like no one watches until the, the tournament. Yeah. Like no one has a single clue who anybody is in the country. If I like put a gun to your head. Scouts like, don't know. Who name the top are. 10 teams. I bet you couldn't name two. You know, like it's just no one cares. Like and then all of a sudden the tournament comes around. We're like, oh, yeah, got to watch this for 12 hours a day. <laughs> so it is. I just find a uh, playoffs generally like college football used to be the best because the regular season mattered so much. Every single game, yeah. like a loss could really bounce you. Now it's like, who cares? I don't know. Like the playoffs suck. The playoff games are all terrible, too. I think Gonzaga is the number one team or it might be Butler. I have no idea. I think it's Gonzaga. That's number one. I don't know. Texas is in there. Tennessee is not anymore. Some interesting ideas. Under overrated playoffs. Which one was it? Overrated, overrated. <laughs> playoffs. What you got, folks? Overrated uh, Valentine's Day. Yeah, that's better. That's I know a better. I'm, I'm a little early on this one, and it was because uh, it worked today. Somebody brought in candy. And was, Valentine's. Yeah, it was Valentine's. Well, I was like, hey, does this have drugs in it? And they're like, it's nine a.m. <laughs> It's like, just answer uh. the fucking question. Well, it's just like Valentine's Day has always been. It's a holiday for for men that are goons. Yeah. It's like, you know, you got to pay so much money to go out at a packed shithole. And you're then you're in there at like Walgreens with all the other sweaty, red faced mooks <laughs> trying to find a card that isn't like for a dog or it isn't like a. I like the cards that you just put a get like a gift card in, like a Shoney's yeah. gift card or whatever. <laughs> Love you, wife. Here's ten dollars for Buffalo Wild Wings. I hope you use this on me. Well, I just think you know, love is love is year round in the Polk households. I don't need I don't need some corporate holiday telling me to you know buy one condom in a rose. <laughs> <laughs> and call it anything other than what it is, which is just a Tuesday. It uh I have not celebrated Valentine's Day ever with uh my wife. We have never well, Who is she celebrating it with? The, <laughs> it's never been a thing. We've gotten that heart shaped pizza from Papa John's a couple times. Oh, That's nice. pretty nice. I do find Valentine's Day to be like the same way I think about New Year's is the same way I feel about Valentine's. It's just like a very basic amateur like you know, it's for it's for teenagers. Yeah. You know, and like third graders making cards for each other. It's like it's just like a it's nice. It's a thing to celebrate. But if you're like waiting at a restaurant for an hour because you have to go out on Valentine's, yeah. like reevaluate your life. Just go tomorrow. Go anywhere. Like, what's the difference? Yeah. Like, Tell your wife you love her another day. Yeah. Or both days. <laughs> both days. Like, just <laughs> be nice on Valentine's Day. Do something cool the next day. Like. I uh, I've never like the gifts for Valentine's Day, like another gift giving thing. It's just very 
Uh, it all feels very passe yeah. and very basic. Buy some disease-ridden bear from like a Dollar General <laughs> parking lot. <laughs> I do imagine like it's got to be complicated for those of you in the single community of like how you do it this year, right? Like you can't really like go like nobody wants to go to like a crowded restaurant that doesn't really exist. Like everyone's just going to be cooking at home or is that like, I don't know. Does people still do Valentine's? I have no yeah, idea. Yeah. I mean the, the last couple of times I've done it, it's been like a cooking at home kind of thing. Gotcha. And, you know, that's what it is. And but you know, that's what it's like, it's not like a, it's not like you don't go out for Valentine's and then just talk about like how much you love each other. No. Right. Like that's, that's like, if you go out for new year's, you just get so drunk. That like then you talk about how much yeah. you love each other <laughs> or hate each other. Yeah. It's like you go over the Fourth of July, you shoot fireworks, you go out for you know every holiday has like a thing. You know, at Thanksgiving you eat the meal, except New Year's Day, you don't do shit. That's the best one. We've already gone through that. Valentine's Day, like, what do you say? Like, I don't know what you do. It's just like we're just here. Yeah, we're here because we have to be here. It's I'll, amateur hour. I'll for get getting my, engaged. I guess. Oh yeah, God, I'll get my kids some candy. I don't know. Yeah, get them candy. Like I'll, I'll give them some of the candy I got today. <laughs> they start don't. acting a little funny. <laughs> what is this needle hole in it? <laughs> uh, all right, so that takes us into... Uh, that was a very good overrated. I agree. Valentine's Day stinks. Uh, my underrated, very controversial, Amanda Bynes. <laughs> Amanda Bynes is one of the most underrated actors that this country has ever seen. Who is this? Amanda Bynes had her own show on Nickelodeon oh, as a kid. Oh, the teenage girl. Yes. That's who you're talking well, about. <laughs> then she became a woman, and then she went bananas crazy. But before she went bananas crazy, which I don't really know much about. I haven't really looked into it. She was a great actress. That one where they do Twelfth Night, whatever, where she's the boys' soccer player, great movie. Her little TV show that had uh, Jenny Garth in it. Always liked that show. Could never tell anybody I was watching it because you feel like a loser for watching it. But you're not a loser. It's a great show. <laughs> I don't know the name of it. Every, and then I watched Easy A on Netflix with uh, Emma Stone. And That's she's, a good one. Yeah, yeah. and she's in that. that. And I was like, she's amazing in this. She's really good. Like, she's a very legitimately like funny young actress which is like extremely hard to find and it's not like uh just talking about her vagina and stuff you know like sarah silverman did for you know a generation <laughs> basically corrupted every comedian that came after her the nikki glazers of the world whatever it's like all anybody wants to talk about is their boobs and it's like eh, all right like she was like a very good funny actress who had a lot of skills and we just don't talk about her anymore because she went bananas crazy and so you don't see her but i think she was really good Wow. Amanda Bynes. Here we go. The Bynesian <laughs> category. For most of this, I've been looking at you like a dog hearing a whistle. <laughs> I've just said in my head, cock, what the what are you talking about? Amanda Bynes. I know who you're talking about. She tweeted once that she wanted Drake to murder her vagina. Well, who doesn't? Yeah, I mean, that's not a crazy thing. Her and all of Las Vegas. That's just the most recent thing I can think of. Yeah, I think she's uh, out to lunch considerably. Uh, but let's look at her body of work from like 90, I don't know, probably 2004, like 2011. Epic. Yeah. Epic run. Underrated actress. Totally underrated. Nobody's talking about Amanda. And attractive. There we go. We'll give it to her. Nice. Spines. If you remember one thing from this episode, 
Bynes. Scott Kushner, Amanda Bynes, a maniac. <laughs> Bynes. My underrated... <laughs> God. My underrated is discretion. <laughs> <laughs> and this is mostly about... Like, don't tell people that you like Amanda Bynes this much. <laughs> kind of. You know, don't tell your husband, that kind of stuff. Discretion is uh, is a forgotten virtue. I'm saying this only about people just tattling on themselves. Like... I'm not, I'm not saying that these are examples of people being good or bad. It's just stop posting everything on the internet for yeah. everyone to find out. Like, Monkey Hill is a bar yeah. that had too many people in it uptown, and I don't really give a fuck. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care that they had too many people yeah, there. Yeah, it didn't really affect However, my day. However... Stop live tweet. Don't f do the Instagram video from the packed bar, because even though that's a bad situation, like I'm sure they have one bartender and like one door guy and there's 700 Tulane students. There. Yeah. What are they going to call the cops on themselves exactly. and get arrested? Like, yeah, we're going to take a giant fine. Like, like you know. if you want to go have secret fun <laughs> during the <laughs> pandemic, go do it. But yeah. you know what's fun about that? It being a secret. Yes. If you're going to invade the Capitol. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best part. All those guys are getting arrested exclusively because they keep posting it on social media. Yeah, with the, it's not even like an anonymous account. It's like, you know, my name is Gordon Fishstick and I work at the bank in Jasper, Alabama. <laughs> my social like, security okay, number. <laughs> and then you just call them. And he's like, hey, this is Jasper from the video. And then they come arrest I don't. Those are bad examples for why discretion is good. I just don't. Uh, it's a lost art. Stop posting everything. Don't post your location. You come on. It's yeah. There's people who post a lot of other kids. I've never kind of like wanted to do that of like showing everybody my kids every 45 seconds. Like I don't know. Just like to me, that was like never something that I thought was interesting to me. Uh, but like for example, where would we be? As a city right now, if Donnie Rouse had just not posted a picture on yeah. Facebook, would anyone? There. No one would have a single negative thing to say about Rouse's other than their food sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the bananas I get are brown. That's my complaint about Rouse's. When I get corn on the cob at Rouse's, there's there's a maggots in it. You somehow have managed to make king cake suck. <laughs> I don't know. You own a bakery inside of the grocery store and made bad How's king it old? Cakes. It's already old when you get it. They're pulling it out of the oven. It tastes like a foam ice chest. It's, uh, somebody brought one from Robert's here today. I was like, this is... Honestly, they couldn't have tried to make this worse. <laughs> it's like, is this vegan or something? Like, I don't understand how they could have made this worse. My, sis my sister texted me the other day. She was like, will you go get a uh, king cake for me from Dong Fong's or whatever? Oh, God, so far away. I was away. like, fuck you. You go get carjacked. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> you got to go to the abandoned Six Flags and go to the Velociraptors that are running around there. Like, I don't know what's over there. Like, nobody's touched this scary theme park that's, like, tetanus is emanating out of it. <laughs> like, Stop posting the pics. Stop screenshotting them. That's all I have to say. All right. So that takes us right into my favorite segment of every single week right here on this very program. Ladies and gentlemen, the worst. The worst. The worst is, of course, the worst thing we saw or read each week. There's always a lot of contenders, and this week was no different. 
I've got one up top. We've got a new president. His name is Joseph Biden. I'm saying that, so if you're speaking to him, you can remind him of that. His dogs have a Twitter account. Is that the worst thing? <laughs> kind of. It's called the Oval Pawfus. This is an official White House account from the dogs of Joe and Dr. Jill Biden. This is on a fucking White House letterhead. The dogs released a statement. A statement from First Dog's champ and Major Biden. Oh woof, 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 woof. It continues. At the top it says for immediate release. <laughs> <laughs> is that the date or is it just... Is it, January 25th, 2021 for immediate release at the Oval Office. I'll be multiplied by seven. Biden and Harris White House... <laughs> That's so bad. I I hope I'm not getting like catfished. I think yeah, this is real. <laughs> Poffice official of Dotus and Codus. I guess those dog and cat. Um, wait. I thought they were both dogs. Okay. It says it's a fan page, so I'm gonna say this is not an official government oh, entity. God. However, it does have forty seven thousand likes uh, and three thousand replies. <laughs> And all the replies are the best press release ever. Humanity's back in the White House. <laughs> and then the other replies are give me my fucking vaccine. <laughs> and where is my $2,000? Uh, this is going to be something we're going to have to. There, there have been insufferable Twitter accounts that we all endured. Shit my dad says. Mm -hmm. That was all completely Tucker made Max. up. Tucker Max. That goon. That liar. Yeah. Uh, now we're going to have to endure the fan. The fan account almost makes it worse. Yeah, that is worse. I'd rather the actual dogs tweeting than these people. We love it here. There's a translation at the bottom. Uh, from uh, the uh, we love it here at the White House. All the humans are petting us and giving us nom noms. The person who wrote this is 47 years old. <laughs> The person who wrote this mails flowers to herself at the office uh, and says it's from like her boyfriend yes, in Canada. Yes, this is just what an insufferable. Multiple digging sessions in the rose garden. Oh Jesus Christ! I think the replies might be worse because they're all <laughs> this is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life, and other people are just replying with pictures of their dogs. Like, Mr. President, look at my dog. I have a dog too. Talk about me. Why don't we think? Why don't we do something that's more directly related to me? I mean, oh, we've really reached the bottom of the barrel of the attention economy. <laughs> Whenever you think Twitter can't get worse, it surprises the press you. Press release with the wolf. Oh God, people! Twi Twitter is Twitter is the Pelicans. <laughs> You're like, well, that's as bad as it's gonna get. Oh, worse. All worse. Right. Okay. Sure. Oh, man. All right. Well, that will take us into. <coughs> Pardon me. That will take us into. Thanks for not covering your fucking mouth. <laughs> the Bud Light Live Studio. The last episode. Of the Bud Light Live Studio is about to be taped and covered <laughs> like a hazmat suit around the uh, this, these concrete walls. Uh, 
NOLA.com. We mentioned it a little bit last week, but I really got a chance to look through this closer. And our man, Ramon Antonio Vargas, who has uh, given us just incredible stories uh, on NOLA.com for years now. This headline just, quote, shoot me. Oklahoma man touring French Quarter shoots man who dared him to shoot him. Cops. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. A French Quarter tourist from Oklahoma allegedly shot a homeless man during an argument near Bourbon Street, then tried to flee with his mother. Austin Harrison was booked with <laughs> aggravated. Oh, my God. I mean, everything about his the 19 year old man identifying himself in the uh, as the victim of the case was smoking marijuana and drinking a Paps Blue Ribbon beer on the street with a group of, quote, hippies. <laughs> <laughs> Harrison walked by, challenged him to a fight and then shot him. <laughs> he said. Peace, love and hippies. Bordelon, who said he lives out of his truck. <laughs> described tapping his forehead and daring Harrison to shoot him in the forehead when Harrison pulled out his pistol. Bordelon said he had turned around right before he was shot in the back of his foot by Harrison. This is unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> but the best part of this is actually not done yet. Witnesses told police Harrison suddenly reached into the pocket of his leather jacket as his mother hit him with her purse and tried to yank him away from the confrontation. The mother later told officers Harrison pulled out his father's gun and began saying something to the effect of, you got a gun? Shoot me. <laughs> Bordelon admitted he was, quote, kind of drunk at the time he told Harrison to shoot him in the forehead. <laughs> Harrison pulled the trigger at his forehead twice. <laughs> what? The first gunshot was muted. <laughs> oh, my God. So this would have just been a straight up murder had the guy's gun not jammed. And then it unjammed for him to shoot him in the foot. Uh, absolutely incredible. My favorite personal portion of this, though, is Bordelon after he was shot said he dropped off his dog with people he knows in Slidell and then drove himself to the hospital to be treated for the bullet wound. That's nice. So he got shot, almost got murdered, which he asked to be murdered. But then before going to the hospital, was like, oh, well, these dogs need a place to go for a couple hours. <laughs> drove from the French Quarter to Slidell and then drove to the hospital. Well, I mean, you can't leave your dog in the car at the hospital. Everything about that story is completely out of control and would not happen literally anywhere else on Earth. He asked the guy to shoot him. I think we've all been there. <laughs> he shot him. And well, at that point, that guy can't like go to. He's like, the guy asked me to. Yeah, right. At some point, there's got the. This is a verbal contract. Yeah, it's like a reverse <laughs> stand your ground. Yeah. <laughs> It's like the Fletch, yeah. It's like I thought he wanted me to kill him for the insurance money. I didn't know. His mom was there. He was, quote, kind of drunk. Well, that's good. The to know. mom is like hitting him with the. I'm picturing Estelle Getty and. <laughs> B. Arthur. No, I'm picturing Throw Mama from the Train. Yeah, that's what exactly. DeVito, man. I. Nothing about that story makes any sense. I encourage everyone to go read it because you probably have to read it like four times to start truly understanding what occurred. 
Uh, but here's our piece of advice, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm going to be very serious right now. All right. When you pass somebody who you think is a homeless hippie, don't ask them to shoot you in the face. <laughs> no matter how dangerous you might be feeling at the time. Because you know what? They'll probably do it. <laughs> I want to get that engraved on a piece of driftwood. <laughs> That'll be our next t-shirt. Love, Don't laugh. ask homeless guys to shoot you in the face. <laughs> and if you do, make sure that you have somewhere you can drop your dogs off that's closer than Slidell. <laughs> Oh, so another wonderful episode. Thank you to everyone who continues to listen, to continues to subscribe. If you have not rated us on iTunes yet, please, God, do that. Uh, listen on every single platform that you have. Listen to the show three, four times. Just hit the play button, rock away. It's fine. It's all good. Uh, as always, check out Jansen, and we will be back next week with your same hilarities, takes, foaming at the mouth. All the things that you love so much about the show, please email us, poke and cush, poke a and d cush at gmail.com. If you want t shirts, if you want to give us ideas, anything you can think of, we truly, deeply appreciate all of you. We love that we are still doing this show. No one thought we would do this for more than a couple weeks, and we are well into our second year now, rolling through 2020. Thank you, everyone. Polk, wrap us up. Uh, follow us on Twitter. We are a lot more active on there these days. And we've also got some hats coming out this week. And you can pre-order one probably Wednesday or Thursday. So check it out. As always, I am Andrew Polk. Thank you so much, Scott Kushner. We'll see you next week. See ya!